I want to take this moment and talk about your wine. Yeah, I know everybody loves to have their dinner wine or their after-dinner wine or just the wine-down-the-evening type wine. Life is complicated enough. Your wine shouldn't be. And Drex Cellars, they'll make it easy. Join the Drex Cellars Wine Club. Get monthly deliveries direct to your door. Discover new selections each month. And if you like, you can also build a business while sharing your experience. Drex Cellars' revolutionary approach puts 100% focus on you. We focus on exploration, discovery, and education. Each month, our experts select a great premium wine from our wineries around the globe. Each selection is accompanied by our own tasting notes, detailing who, how, where each wine was crafted, and your satisfaction is guaranteed. With each shipment, we help you refine your palate and identify regions and varieties that you love. And when you do find that perfect wine, we're the only club that provides its members the opportunity to stock up at club cost. Our goal is to help you fill your own cellar with wine that you love, wine that you're confident about, that you're proud of, and most importantly, that you're excited to share with your friends. The Direct Cellars Wine Promise. We are confident in our selection. After all, our success depends upon our members' continued happiness. However, should you find any of our selections to arrive damaged or simply not meet your fancy for any reason at all, simply let us know and we'll send you a replacement bottle free of charge. That's the 100% satisfaction guaranteed from Direct Sellers. You can find out more by contacting me at Tim at RadioMVP.com or you can go to our Facebook page and click on the Shop Now button. Hi everyone, this is Tim. Hey, thanks for the download. I just want to take this opportunity to ask you to do both Anthony and I a favor. If you would go over to iTunes and rate and review us, it would be greatly appreciated. When a podcast gets rated and review, it moves up the ladder. So when people do searches, they'll be able to find our podcast and we'll continue to grow this as we get closer to football season and a lot of great things coming our way. And I want to remind everybody that I will be broadcasting football this year on Z104. So you want to take advantage of that, and we'll be talking more about that high school football season as we progress. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. Here comes episode 11, starting right now. And welcome to... Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, as we're going to bring you some uh, sports talk today as we get into the Cleveland Indians and their season as they start the second half on the West Coast and uh, ugly start to the second half, to be quite honest. And we'll also get into a few other things going on in the world of sports. It's going to be a quick podcast today. Probably about, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, just because uh, we got some time constraints to uh, to deal with there today. But we want to get one in this week as soon as we could. So, first of all, Anthony, how are you doing today? I surrender. I feel like <laughs> Bruce Drennan. I surrender. Yeah, well, I get it. I mean, you went the Indians went one in one in five on this uh, six game road trip on the West Coast in San Francisco slash Oakland, and uh, quite honestly, they probably gave two of the two of the six games away. And you know, it's it's becoming a pattern with this team. I mean, I recognize that Chisholm Hall and Kipnis are not in the lineup because of injuries. 
but the inactivity of uh, being able to move runners and to score runs when opportunities present themselves is becoming a routine habit on this team. And that is a concern, I think, up and down the lineup, you know, from the front office to Frank Cone to the coaching staff and to the players. And it really starts with the top three in the order, for the most part, have not been able to set the table, as they say, uh, to get things going. And that, to me, for the Indians, has been the biggest problem they've faced this, uh, this season. Yeah, the Indians have, over the past yeah, couple of years, have not really had, had a good lead off. They really haven't had a top order guy that gets on base. That's supposed to be guy, and he got hurt and never panned out. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, they didn't really have one. And last year, you try Santana and Davis, and, and it worked because everything seemed to work last year. It was Whatever Frank Kona did, it was the Midas touch. And in baseball, you know things can change very quickly. And in a hurry, in less than a year, it's changed awfully fast. Um, you don't have, you know, there is a good hitter, but he's only not in halfway through. So how much can you expect him to be the leadoff hitter, have the leadoff hitter mindset, and get on base? Um I don't know if it's so much of a lineup problem right now. It's it's just everything and anything right now that this team tries to do is just not working. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you can point to. I think, you know, the top three is, is, a, is a concern. And what really is a concern, and last year we had this concern, and they found kind of a back door to fix it when they put Santana at the – at the top of the lineup. Uh, it was unconventional. It worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, it has not worked. They tried it the, probably the first 60 games of the season and really was – Kipnis showed glances at times when he was healthy to be the leadoff hitter, and that did help the lineup quite a bit. And I think, you know, uh, Frankie uh, Lindor has done an okay job when given the opportunity to, but – you know, you hate to take that stick and not have it in a run-producing situation. And now is the biggest key is, you know, we talked about this before, and I've talked about it, meaning I honestly, you know, I look at the Indians not making what I call productive outs, you know, moving runners and scoring runs on outs, either a ground ball out or a, a sacrifice fly, you know, those type of scenarios beating out a double play, those, you know, fielder's choice type scenarios, those are so huge in a ball game. And the Indians, kind of like a lot of teams in in baseball today, have been very reliant on the home run ball to score runs. Uh, They do hit doubles. I got to give them credit. The doubles are there. They're just not not, uh, scoring those runs when they're in scoring position, either with uh, no outs, one out, or even two outs in this situation where you need that two-out key hit. Last year, the, you know, the Indians did a terrific job the last two years with uh, two-out hits. This year, not as successful, and that's really showing its head. But, you know, I look at the Indians overall, they're still in first place, or they're right hovering right in it. And, you know, this division, I 
my biggest concern is Kansas City mm-hmm. and what they may do in the second half. As uh, long as they hang around, they may decide to, you know, give it one last shot with this group because they're, you know, they got three or four players headed towards free agency. And, you know, if they have a chance to, you know, sneak out the division or become a wild card contender, you know, that's going to be something the Indians are going to have to deal with. I mean, you've seen this week, you know, the Tigers uh, trade J.D. Martinez the other night. You know, they put up their white flag. They're ready to move on. They're looking to maybe even trade Fulmer and one of their top players just to move a contract. So, you know, on that level, you, there's another team that you don't have to worry about in the Central Division. And, you know, let's face it, the Twins are are fighting hard and give them credit where credit's due for what they have achieved. But, I mean, they have Bartolo Colon in the rotation. You know, off the scrap heap. And, and uh, I mean, he's 44 years old. Let's, you know, it's just I don't expect the Twins to be there at the end just because of nutrition. I just don't think they can survive, you know. And, you know, that comes down to Kansas City and Cleveland. And right now, Kansas City just playing more consistent baseball than the Indians have. I think the Indians are the most talented team in this division. I think the interleague play this year has been disastrous for the Indians. I think they've won three games or four games max. And you just can't do that and succeed in baseball. You have to win games against your opponent and in your division. And in this case, when you have 15, 16 games outside your division, you know, with teams you only see once every four to five years, that's important to play 500 ball against that, those those teams and the Indians were unable to do that this season. They still have two more games left for Colorado. And well, I mean, it's just a matter of when these games end and then you're back into division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to seize control within the own division. And that's going to be the biggest part where I think the tribe has to uh, take advantage of their opportunities. that are going to be in front of them here shortly. Yeah. Right now coming into Today's game, the Indians were one game under 500 against teams below 500. So teams with a losing record, they were one game under 500. With today's loss, they're now two games under 500. And you can't do that. There's just simply put, when you place bad teams, you have to beat them. Oakland and San Francisco started triple-A guys outside of Matt Cannon and Sonny Gray. And the Indians did absolutely nothing. As they had interesting player there. I mean, we might as well get into the uh, yep. the trade talk. Obviously, you know, you know, you know my position on the Indians, and the I think the key for their success, besides scoring runs consistently this year, would be filling that three hole in the rotation. And Sonny Gray is now the man on the market with all the trades that happened in the last uh, 24, 48 hours in baseball. Uh, the trading deadline came early this year. Teams yes, are taking did. advantage of those extra two, three starts or two, three weeks of a bat in the lineup. And it makes total sense. I mean, well, I love what the Yankees did. I thought getting Robinson and getting uh, Frazier was huge for them. I think they really put themselves in position. And I think they're going to make a move for for Sonny Gray, too, and they're going to have the prospects to shop to do it. Uh, I think the Indians have an opportunity to make that move for him if they choose to. 
it's going to cost them. It's going to cost whoever makes that deal just as much as the Indians made the trade last year for Andrew Miller. It's going to cost two top prospects. I don't care who who you are, what team goes after uh, Sonny Gray, but Sonny Gray has all of this year and two more years of control. And that is a huge number in baseball today. You know, you can add a player of that caliber and have them in your rotation for the next two and a half seasons. Is You're going to pay a heavy price. I mean, if the Indians are in the market for a starting pitcher and it happens to be gray, they're going to have to make an offer similar to what they made for Miller to, to land him. Simple as that, because the Yankees are going to be able to do that. I mean, quite honest with you, it wouldn't shock me if the Yankees shop Clint Frazier and one of their other prospects who is a top 100 prospect and another player, maybe a top 250 type player, uh, to the to the A's to try to get Sonny Gray. And again, for them, that's a steal because Gray's under control for two and a half years and they already have the huge payrolls that you know, you're normally seeing from the Yankees. And they'll have a chance to really have a guy in their lineup for the next three to five years if it's them who are able to acquire Sonny Gray, who I honestly do believe in the next maybe 24 to 48 hours, maybe in 72 hours at the most, will be traded. I don't think it will come down to July 31st. I think he may be gone by July 21st. Yeah, today he started against Tampa Bay. He looked pretty good. I watched most of that game. His last start. Um, yeah, Sonny Gray would look great in Indians uniform. I don't, I know his ERA may be above four, but Oakland defensively is not very good. So there's a lot of runs probably they've given up in his starts. Um, I would not trade Mejia or McKenzie. I've said that for a while now. You don't trade them because honestly, Tim, I look at this team and there are so many holes that I don't think we have the prospects to fill you know my thoughts on Kipnis at second base I'm gonna put out I think Jason Kipnis is is done in Cleveland I don't like him he has at third okay to move Ramirez to the second or shell has looked really good with the glove and his bat may be coming around he hasn't had a lot well here's I agree I mean let's face it this is where the Indians can deal from strength Mm-hmm. They happen this off season instead of during the season right now. I think Kipnis is tradable, and I think you can get players for him, and he could be a valuable chip to either improve your starting rotation or maybe to get a third baseman or something like that in the future. And I can see the Indians doing that. Now the Indians have options besides you shell at at third base. You got Yanny Diaz who you know, is a natural third baseman who they've moved to the outfield. Uh, he has the ability to hit. You know, He's proven that at the AAA level for the most part for the last year. He's struggled up here. Now, that's typical for most players when they get the first opportunity to major league pitching is they do usually struggle or unless they happen to ha- you know, be seasoned properly at the, at the AAA and AA level. Uh, I think, you know, quite honest with you, if you're in the market for a Sonny Gray, you're looking at Mejia or McKenzie and maybe a Diaz 
as the players that you're looking to move to acquire a pitcher of that caliber who would be in your rotation for the next two years, two plus years, so and maybe longer because he's under control. And that's the key. I mean, I know he has the injuries, you know, history, but, you know, you're not going to get him cheap. I don't care who you are. If you're the Indians or the Yankees, heck, if the Indians are in, interested in, in Cole from Pittsburgh, they're not going to come cheap because they still have some control left in them. And, and it, that's it, that's really where it comes down to. Now, I'm not sure the Indians will pull the – but it wouldn't shock me. Hey, look, last year the Indians were willing to trade Mejia mm-hmm. for another catcher. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they believe it's a chip worth shopping. I'm not saying they will. We've seen them already attempt it in the past. So I would not be shocked. And I, I'll be quite honest, if I'm Oakland, that's who I'm asking for. Oh, you know, of course. I'm, I'm probably starting asking for both of them, you know, McKinsey and Mejia, and then, you know, willing to work within the confines of what the Indians, you know, are willing to deal with, you know. But you always ask for the moon to start, and then you, you know, negotiate, as the saying goes. And because, you know, once in a while, a team's desperate, and they'll – They'll give the moon for a player. Uh, I don't think the Indians are desperate. I don't think the Indians will do that. I do believe, though, if you're in the market for a Sonny Gray, and I think the two teams most realistically are the Yankees and the Indians. Uh, I don't think there's a national team, National League team that really needs them. For where you go from here, you know, with the Indians, but – it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you one of those two players for sure. I'd be shocked, you know, if it's not like, for example, let's say Mejia and Bradley, who's, you know, the first baseman down in AAA, that type of thing. These are the guys, you know, Oakland's going to want. And, you know, they're going to have some strength to, to deal with. And I honestly do believe – it's going to take probably two top 100 ball players, just like it did last year, to get to to land um, Miller. It just does. It doesn't come cheap this time of the year when you're talking about a player under control. It's kind of like when the Indians years ago dealt, you know, uh, you know Cliff Lee. You know, they he had years left on his contract, and the Indians, you know, made that move. You know, and it ended up in the long term working out well because you ended up still having Carrasco today out of baseball. Yeah, I, I think – how do I say this? Last year, I think, was the Indians' year to make the big splash move. I don't see them going out and making a big splashy move. They may add a couple guys – you know, pre-trade deadline and like a waiver wire for Chris. But I think they're going to ride with the guys they have. And right now, just, you know, looking at some stats in front of me. Listen, the Indians are, what, 48 and 45, whatever they are. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. The Indians, after 93 games, were not meant to be 48 and 45. No, it's I agree with that. It's uncalled for. The Indians were not meant to just sneak into the playoffs. They were meant to make a run, be the clear-cut favor in the American League, and to win the World Series. 
Uh, you know, I, I don't hate saying this. Division. I, I know what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. However, this team kind of reminds me of the 97 Indians. I mean, in the regular season. And, you know, obviously the, the central back in 97 was a lot weaker than it is today. However, if you win your division with 88 wins and you make the playoffs on the right time, anything can happen, especially when you have the bullpen like the Indians have. Minus uh, Brian Shaw. You know, you know, that makes a big difference. Now, I grant you, you know, both Allen and Miller's had some slumps, but, I mean, that's realistic. I mean, no one pitches at that level 100% of the time. I, even, you know, Mario Rivera used to go in a slump once or twice, you know, and not often. They weren't long, but it happened. And these things, you know, these are part of uh, baseball and the long season that it is. You know, obviously, like I said, my biggest concern is the starting pitching right now to give length and to take pressure off the bullpen. And obviously, I think they need players who can produce up the top of the order. I mean, I don't care. You know, I'm not looking for 50 steals or 30 steals or 25 steals from a leadoff hitter. I'm looking for a guy who can get on base and move first to third or put himself in position to be scored on a base hit, or able to, if the ball's in the gap, to run from first to home. You know, that's where the Indians are at right now. They have, you know, someone like a Ramirez who can drive in anybody at any given moment. You know, they have Incarcion who can do the exact same thing. They have run producers. I'm not concerned about that. I'm more concerned about can we get the guy home once he's on base? And that, to me, has been the biggest problem the Indians have faced this year is the inconsistency of scoring runs. You know, it's like this three-game series with the Giants. They scored five runs in the first series, first game, and it was it was a good, mm-hmm. a, a really nice performance by the Indians. They got out to the early lead. You know, it, it ended up tied, and then they were able to – Giants' mistakes and win the ball game. That reminded me a lot of a game like last year. And – Unfortunately, game two, you know, was typical Indians where uh, you get in a pitching duel and you can't scratch around, you know, two, three runs for your pitcher. And in the process, you lose the ball game in extra innings two to one. You know, I don't know the Indians overall record one run games this year, but it cannot be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a big difference between last year and the year before, even the last three years, as they were able to win those one run games this year, they haven't. A lot of it has to do with the inefficiency of scoring that extra run. You know, you can get to that three runs with the this pitching staff. You're going to win some ball games, even if it's three to two. It's tough to win a ball game one to nothing. It's tough to win a ball game two to one. But if you can score three or four runs, you're going to you're going to win a lot of those close games. Yeah, I did. And there were three games on the six game road trip that the Indians had no business losing. You know, yesterday especially when. Yeah. When Cleverger goes out and absolutely pitches a masterpiece, and because Geyer can't catch a, a routine Little League fly ball in right field, that opens. And then Posey slaps a Edgar Renneria-like single up the middle to tie the game. And then they lose in extra innings after Gonzalez and Allen can't communicate on how to field a bunt. And then today, you know, coming into today, the Indians were five – they were three for 12 with runners in scoring position. 
make that three for thir make that three for thirteen now after Ramirez flew out with the base loaded swing because the shortest to end the game. They finished this road trip against Oakland and San Francisco eight for fifty-three with runners in scoring position. And their last twenty-two yeah, that, that games everything. is forty-nine for two thirty-three. That is terrible. That's unacceptable. Last year they were two sixty with runners in scoring position. Two sixty. And this year they're what? Two twenty-five, two thirty. With the lineup you got, Brantley. Six for 23 recently. Encarnacion, two for 18. Gomes, three for 15. Geyer, one for 12 and a Little League pop-up dropped. Ramirez, five for 24. Santana, four for 14 and a Bill Buckner ball through his legs. Zimmer, two for 18. I mean, it's unacceptable. I mean, it's absolutely unacceptable. And you cannot... It's frustrating to watch. There's no doubt about it. And I agree. It, this Indians team has underperformed this year. They're, like you said, 48 and 45. They should be better. There's, There's no, no question about it. And then you got no. Brian Shaw at the back end of the bullpen. And I mean, it, why do we torture it almost every five years with a reliever that walks the tightrope and ultimately when he implodes, he implodes? That's baseball. I mean, That's baseball. Oberowski. I mean, look, Chris Perez, Brian Shaw. I mean, Brian Shaw pitched one more game in Indian uniform. I might vomit. He's well, terrible. And he he's not going the Brian Shaw He's not going anywhere. Well, that's a shame. He's not going anywhere. Uh, I know what you're saying. I understand the frustration. And, you know, obviously he's a year older. I'm not saying he's extremely old. Or anything like that for pitchers, but as a reliever, these things come and go fast, and he may be on the downside of his uh, of his career. I'm not sure that's accurate, though. I'm not giving up on Shaw yet. I understand the frustration. <laughs> no, I do because what I what I do believe is what you need that durable guy in the bullpen who can give you innings, and he does that. Now, when a game is tied. When he's in the ball game, um, but not I'm not. You know, it is what I'm it not is. When he's in the bullpen, no. Well, honestly, you're not gonna. You need get that. him out. I'll, I'll be honest. Get the guy, him out who's, the guy who's <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. He's not Good. going. Packers can win a game then. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, you never know. They'll have uh, you know, the Cleveland Indians starting third or. Uh, third man in the rotation uh, starts more games for them. <laughs> and let's be honest. Salazar is huge to this team the second half of the season. He, they're, they're gonna, he's going to start, you know, one of these games coming up. They haven't decided exactly what game it was going to be last I knew. So it's going to happen. And look, that may be the spark they need. Uh, you know, if he can become the sixth inning pitcher that we, they need him to be. I don't know. I'm not thrilled with it. I like the idea of picking up another starter. I'm willing to look, seize the situation where the Indians are in for the simple reason. These opportunities to windows are very small for small market clubs. They're two, three years max. And sometimes you have to sell out for the opportunity to win. If it costs me a Mejia, I'm willing to make that trade. 
If it's McKenzie, I don't want to. I'd be willing to make that trade because he's your top, you know, pitching prospect. However, I'm not willing to throw in, you know, every player just to get Gray. I'm willing to, yeah, I'm willing to make a trade though. And, you know, I think in the off season, someone like a Kipnis is very tradable because you have Ramirez to play second base. And I don't have a problem with that because Ramirez is the natural second baseman and you're, you know, actually probably defensively going to get better. And offensively, you're not going to do, you can't do, you know, can't do better than what Ramirez can't brings do, yeah. up. And you can go out and get yourself a third baseman, either through free agency or possibly in the minor leagues with the uh, Diaz or others. You still, you know, who knows? And there's other opportunities there. Uh, I definitely think, the Indians got to look at the possibility of uh, the opportunity of winning today because you're going to have Miller for one more year. If you add a sunny grade to this rotation with with uh, the top of the lineup that you have, and you know, and you get a Salazar back pitching well, I'm not saying all star, but well, that'd be four pitchers that you really like to you go with, and then you have. You know, add the Rook and what he has done this year and give Clevenger a lot of credit. He's mm-hmm. pitched well. He's shown the ability now to um, understand what it takes to be a major league pitcher. And I give him a lot of credit because last year he was in over his head most of the time. But it was a numbers game. They needed that 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 guy in the pen or the guy who could do a spot start, and he did it. And he bounced back and forth. And this year he's bounced back back and forth but now he's found a home and i think of all my three-headed monster there there's the guy you want to succeed the most uh you love tomlin and what he brings to your club but you know numbers game tells you that he's expendable numbers game Trevor teams love guys who can give him innings look you know i'm not saying you know let's i don't think the indians make a trade this season type of starter that they have i'd be surprised i'm not saying Mm -hmm. be wrong i'm just saying i don't think you're going to see starters traded what you're going to see is what happens most clubs that are selling they're selling a major league ball player for prospects Mm -hmm. and high prospects they don't necessarily need a major league player who they may not have for more than a year or two they're more interested in a guy that they can control for five years and someone who they believe that could be a cornerstone of their of their organization. So I, I don't expect – I'm not saying it can't happen. I just don't expect a player on the major league roster to be traded this time of the year, unless you're selling. And the mm-hmm. Indians are not in the seller's market. They're in a buyer's market. So that means chances are you're looking at guys who are the 27th, 28th, 29th person on the 40-man roster – and your top prospects. So Yaddy Diaz is a p- potential trade coin. You know, obviously your two top prospects will gather the most interest in Mejia and McKenzie. So that's going to be the uh, the big question. Do you are you willing to give up Mejia or McKenzie and a Diaz to get a Sunny Gray for the next two and a half years? I would trade. I, I would say I'd be willing to do it. I wouldn't touch I would be willing to do right it now. Because pitching is just that hard to get. 
I wouldn't touch Mejia right now because, like you said, for a small market franchise, your window for winning is two to three years. And the Indians might be in the middle of that right now. Granted, this year it could very well look like an 81-81 season. I wouldn't trade Mejia right now because ne next year, I guess for September, maybe even earlier, he could be your starting catcher. Because the way Gomes and Perez are hitting right now, it's not very impressive. I would be well, more willing to give up McKenzie. I'd be more willing to give up McKenzie because he's in an only low A ball, and that's probably three years away. The Indians by then could be rebuilding by then. So do you want to have that piece as your building block in the starting rotation, or do you want to win now? Um, I Listen, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it a million and one. I don't think the Indians have enough prospects or major league pieces to make themselves no World Series contending team this year. I mean, right now, as I sit here at 7:15 on July 19th, after that garbage, to be nice, I don't know if they win the division. I I can honestly say I don't think they win the division. I'm going to go on the record and say the Indians don't make the playoffs this year. And maybe I'm being a certain member of the local media and no. overreacting, but I don't I don't think they make the playoffs. I honestly think they have too but much talent for this division. I agree that they're underachieving. I can't imagine a Terry Francona team not improving throughout the season. And all his years as a manager, most of his teams in the second half have always outperformed the first half. Now, this club here has the sink most of the season. I would say, you know, I'm missing a beat. I do believe a shakeup of some sort could help this team. I'm not expecting, though, you know, a, a, a major player traded, mm -hmm. you know, who's in the lineup. I don't expect, you know, like a Kipnis or a Chisholm Hall to be, to be moved. I just don't expect it. It could happen. I just – my gut says that's not going to happen. It's just like I, you know, mentioned earlier, you know, you're in a buyer's market and they're going to want prospects, not players that they can't control in the long term. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I honestly do believe there's two trading deadlines. If they can go after the pitcher now, they can make a move to find a bat at the top of the lineup late. Many times before, even last year, they got Coco Crisp, mm -hmm. you know, for that last month of the season, and it made a big difference to the lineup, you know, when you didn't have a Monte. Like I said, those are the type of guys – I can see, like, an Amante being in a trade. I'm not saying he will be. I can see anywhere between your 24th, 25th to the 30th player on your 40-man roster being players of interest to most teams because they're young and they have talent and people are going to be paying attention to that, especially if you're Oakland. And you're going to have to give them a major chip. And I'm asking for Mejia. It's just there's no way I'm not asking for Mejia. No, oh, yeah. And if I can't get him, then I'm probably going for McKenzie, who's the 24th ranked, you know, minor leaguer in Major League Baseball right now. So 
I honestly think it's going to take two players in the top 100. I don't know if the Indians will do that or not. Maybe top two and 200 players, you know, that are ranked at the minor league level. But it's going to take two or three players minimum to land you a uh, a player of gray stature right now who is the best starter available in Major League Baseball and who has control. And, you know, I wouldn't go that high for Cole from Pittsburgh, though I think he would be a someone you would have to investigate about and see what the price would be. I'm not sure the Pirates are willing to make that move yet, even though they may lose him next year. Uh, they will lose him next year to free agency. There's no way he resigns with uh, Scott Boris as his agent, not in Pittsburgh. It's not going to happen. So they really are in a situation they're going to have to make a decision because uh, they're going to probably get more now than they will in the offseason, in my opinion, because there'll be at least a year and a half left for him on a team versus just one year before he hits free agency. So, you know, that's where the Indians are at, and that's where Major League Baseball's at. And, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think the Yankees have the best opportunity to get uh, gray. And it's just, you know, but if you're the Indians, you got to make that decision because your window is probably two years max year maybe the year after if you're lucky if you are able to retain a couple players but i'm not expecting that in the long term and you'll see the indians kind of turn over in about 2019 so i have no problem going for it because uh these opportunities only come about once a decade for a small market and if you look at kansas city what they did to achieve the win their the world series uh you look at what the even what the Tigers did during their run with Jim, you know, uh, at the helm. You know, those things happen. And I think sometimes you have to take your shot. And if the Indians right now, you have to you have to be willing to uh, roll the dice. And Antonetti at least has shown the ability to willing to, to roll the dice, uh, trying to trade last year for LaCroix and then also then, you know, pulling off the deal of a lifetime for Miller. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be necessary, I think, for the Indians to achieve something this year in the window of opportunity to make a move. And then, I, you know, if they do make that move, then I expect them to probably go after a bat of some sort in August, you know, during the waiver wire, where they can maybe pick up a, you know, Rajay Davis back from Oakland on a cheap price, like they did last year with Coco Crisp. Uh, I don't know who's available. We'll have to wait and see when that happens, because that's a different type of market than you have now. But I don't expect the Indians to make the a move for the bat right now. No, I, I like I said previously, I don't think the Indians are going to go out and make a big time trade. I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't, I can't see them in the next twelve days going out and making an Andrew Miller type trade or trying a Jonathan Lucor type deal. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. Like I said, I think they're going to roll with the guys they have and hope to maybe these guys finally come together and catch fire. Um, but I can't see Antonetti, although despite him being an aggressive baseball mind, the anti-marks are probably your buddy. Um, <laughs> I, I can't see them making a big time splash or a sunny gray or another big name on the market. Um, it'll be interesting to get going the pirates. 
you know, they won two or three against St. Louis and they won the first two against the Brewers. They only set five back. You know, that's five. It's, and the Cubs have won six straight or where they won. They're on fire right now. Right. Um, well, look, the Pirates the, the Pirate to Cole and hope they can sneak into the Central or, you know, I I think the Pirates will ultimately decide to trade either McCutcheon or Cole before the deadline. I can't see them thinking honestly to them to themselves as a man that I don't know what team fits for um I'll take yeah. Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, I don't know. I think he would be perfect for Cleveland, but I don't know if the Indians would make that move, be honest no, for that won't. bat right now, though I think it would be worth the investment long term. Uh, I don't think they're, they'll go that route. Like I said, I think they'll go pitching before they go hitting. Um, I don't know. I think if uh, McCutcheon's going anywhere, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers try to get oh, him. Boy. Because the Dodgers oh, right oh, now are the best team in baseball. And why not try to, to seal the deal? I mean, the way they're playing, the way they are, you know, racking up the wins and the scoring runs, why not go for the jugular? And, you know, I can see that happening. I, it makes total sense to me for them to go after a McCutcheon more than the Indians. Uh, they have the ability to do it. They can take on the payroll. And McCutcheon could end up, you know, finishing career out there in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. It would not shock me at all. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. You know, long term, I, I guess that's going to happen. And uh, as we uh, kind of wrap this up, we're 50 days from the NFL kickoff. 44 uh, to YSU. And YSU, what's the, how many days? 44. And we're up. Hold on, let me get the official countdown. <laughs> All right. You do All that. right. We're at 44 days, 1,061 hours, 63,694 minutes. Until September <laughs> what's, 2nd. September 2nd. Until we and beat that's, that's 44 days away. That means. 36 days from now, exactly, we'll be calling the pregame show of Howland and... Yes. Yes, we'll be on Z104 coming your way. And uh, you're going to help us out this year with uh, Mm -hmm. doing some statistical work, and I appreciate that. And Matt Emch and I will be calling the ball game, and we will be starting the, the next 15 weeks of high school football as I expect to be uh, broadcasting a championship game this year. I have, it's been about 15 years since I've been to uh, a championship game broadcasting. So it's, it's time to uh, make that there return to the booth and uh, have a full 15 week season. Hey, uh, let's wrap this up. I'll give you your last final thoughts and then we'll uh, move on to the next episode of us. Radio MVP, the Valley's most valuable podcast in sports. And uh, what's your your final thoughts here tonight as uh, we move into uh, the later in the week? Yeah, just one final thought here. Uh, probably the last really long, uh, full length podcast we'll do until August when I get back from vacation. Uh, Going to take a little break down to Florida. And up to Canton for the Hall of Fame enshrinement. So we'll try to get you guys a couple segments here and there where I'm on vacation as I'll be at the beach and Tim will be 
back in wonderful Baltimore, Ohio. Uh, but, yeah, 44 days. I'm going to finish on this. I'm going to finish on a positive note. 44 days. Um, let's see if we can't get fans to pack Stambaugh from September 9th on. That would be wonderful. For years, this Valley has wanted a winner, and I understand why people didn't go to the games. Um, but last year, they made it fun again. And it recreated all the feels of the 90s. And they weren't, weren't fortunate enough to do it. Uh, but let's get behind these guys. Uh, Coach Pliny's got a good recruiting class, a lot of core guys returning. And let's see if we can't make another run at the national championship and let's get over the hump this year in Frisco. I'm going to finish on that. Yeah, you know, football season not that far away. And we will be covering both all the football for you from high school to college with YSU and. Obviously, Notre Dame and Ohio State will be big on our our, our talk and, of course, the NFL. And uh, we hope to uh, work on a few other things. My one-on-one podcast, I'm lining up some guests as uh, this week has gone on. We're going to have some uh, important people coming our way that we'll be talking to both sports and outside the sports world. And it'll be a lot of fun, so I'm looking forward to that. Anthony will be going on vacation. We're going to do some podcasting from uh, his vacation spot. We're going to try to mm-hmm. hook up on the phone line, if not through the internet, if we can't do it. But we will bring you some smaller podcasts along the way, keep you informed. And uh, we're going to get going here. Anthony, I want to thank you for your time. As we uh, wrap up episode 11 here on the Radio MVP Sports Podcast, my thanks to Anthony. I'm Tim. My thanks to you, most of all, for downloading and listening. And if you could do us one more favor, please go to our Facebook page and like it and follow us there. And also, please, uh, if you download through iTunes, rate and review us. The more rate ratings we can get and reviews, the more they put us out on uh, search engines when people are looking for our podcast. So it's very important on that level. So if you can uh, rate and review our podcast. It will give us a rating where iTunes then will, when people put in for MVP or sports podcast, will show up as a option for those who are looking for us and, and to try us as we try to grow this podcast throughout the uh, this summer and into the fall for the football season. Anthony, thanks again. And we will talk to you all very soon here on Radio NVP.